Our text today comes to us from Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 1 and then verses 8 through 14. Hear the word of the Lord. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received the power of procreation, even though he was too old, and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered himself faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, descendants were born, as many as the stars of the heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises. But from a distance, they saw and greeted them. The word of the Lord. Holy God, we have gathered here because we are in search of a word from you. So be gracious to our seeking of that, we pray. Amen. We sometimes speak of faith as if it is a possession. Do you have faith, they ask. Keep the faith, they advise. The last thing you ever want to do, they warn, is lose your faith. But this language is foreign to the Bible. Faith is not something that we get. Faith is something that gets hold of us. It's not something we possess. It's something that possesses us. Thus it is analogous to another one of the Bible's favorite words, which is love. You don't say, I have love for you. Not if you want to stay in the relationship. (laughs) You say, I am in love with you. As if to say, this love has grabbed hold of me. It has overwhelmed me. It has changed my life. This is how we should speak of faith. It means to be enveloped in something far greater than you, something that reorients your life and changes it in dramatic ways, changes its mission. Faith emerges not because we argue ourselves into believing, not because we find enough intellectual courage to take a leap of faith, Not because we close our eyes to the reality and just hope our dreams will come true. No, like like love, you get smitten by faith. You couldn't get rid of it if you wanted to. It's a grace that's come to you from God. Now, I'm not talking about your faith or my faith, which is young 
and often weak and fumbling, especially the last couple of days. I'm talking about our faith, which is thousands of years old and has been hammered out on the anvil of adversity by prophets and apostles and saints and martyrs and ordinary people down through the years who have already faced everything that we could possibly face. And still they chose to stand in the darkest of nights and say, we believe. We believe not in what we see, but in what we envision. We believe not in how it is, but how it's going to be. We believe God is not done. And so we have to have hope. It's not up to us. God is not done. We have to have hope. And that hope pushes us out of despair that we might also stand as a ray of light piercing the overwhelming darkness. That's our faith, our inheritance, with which we also have been smitten. The 11th chapter of Hebrews provides a great roll call of those people who gave us such faith. I skipped over some of the names, but it tells us that by faith, Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Moses and the people who passed through the Red Sea and, and Rahab and Gideon and Samson and David and all the prophets lived their lives believing in a great hope. And each of them inherited that hope from those who've gone before them. In verse 10, we're told that this hope was a belief in a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. They threw their lives into building that city and they would angrily resist anybody who threatened the city. And they faced more reasons for despair than we will ever know, but still they hoped because they'd been smitten by great faith. And then we get to verse 13, which tells, them, tells us that all of them died without having received the promises. But from a distance, they saw and greeted those promises. That, that means their faith outlived them. That's a good thing. God save us from dreams that are easily achieved. In the words of Reinhold Niebuhr, famous words, nothing worth doing can be accomplished in one lifetime. So, to this list of names, we could add the names of, of the apostles who also worked for that great city, but all of them died not even sure the church was going to survive. And it's in his prison epistles when the apostle Paul writes about pressing on, even when he's about to die himself, pressing on for the upward call from prison. We could add the names of the great pre-modern theologians like Augustine and Anselm or, 
or great mystics like Bernard or Julian or, or Teresa or great reformers like Ignatius or Luther or Calvin. All of them were trying to bridge the gap between where they stood and the, the city they saw at a distance. In his commentary on this text, Calvin says, faith is letting go of what's in your hand and heading towards what is distant and unknown. We could add the names of the great social reformers of our country, like Frederick Douglass, or Sojourner Truth, or Lucretia Mott, Dorothy Day, Cesar Chavez, Dr. King. All of them were just day after day caught up with this great dream of how it can be in a just society. And after every long, discouraging, exhausting experience they had, they would go to bed at night and wake up next morning and the dream would greet them once again from a distance. But they knew how they would spend the next day and the day after that and the day after that working on the holy city of God. And we could add your name. But only if, according to verse 1, you have a conviction of things not seen. It's not a bad definition of leadership. Those who have a conviction of things not seen and who will spend their life for any approximation of seeing just some of it. It's not an easy way to live. If you want stress-free living, choose cynicism. <laughs> but people who live by faith will spend their entire lives struggling, striving, yearning, working for the beloved community, especially on the days when it seems so very distant. Thornton Wilder said, hope may be a projection of the imagination, but so is despair. Despair all too easily embraces the ills that it perceives. But hope, he says, arouses the mind to explore possibilities. Hope, he says, tries every door. Hope tries every door. That is what it means to be smitten by our faith, to receive our inheritance. It means that we will refuse the daily temptation to despair. And we will renew our vision of that city that gives meaning and purpose to our lives, that city at a distance. I know that right now, it feels like we're not gaining on the city at all. It's not our city. We just get to spend our lives participating in the building of it, in the believing of it. 
And on the darkest days when the city seems furthest away, we will awaken each morning, and like those who've gone before us, the dream and the vision will greet us every morning. It comes to us even from a distance. It's with us today. This is what it means to live in faith. It's what it means to have a hope. And so to try every door. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.